Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hello, my dark darlings. I'm Markia, and this is the Something Scary Podcast. To our veteran listeners and those voyaging into the dark with us for the first time, welcome. Technology is a fickle mistress. I'm not exactly the most tech-savvy person, as I'm sure you realize in our last live chat in December. I'm more of a person that loves to build with her hands as opposed to working with software, although I do love my game consoles, my phone, and my laptop. Programs on them, eh, maybe not so much. I might get that for my family, in fact. But you see... Technology is our constant companion. For some, it is a salve for superstitions and fears of the dark. But this big brother with infinite knowledge has you fooled. Ghosts and the machine are real. And while you can choose to not enter a haunted house, the entities in these stories have already been invited into your home. They're within the very devices meant to entertain you. First... Some virtual reality frights are more real than we would like them to be. Next, Polybius, a video game of urban legend, is given new life, much to the woe of its players. After that, nighttime video binging will lead us to eerie prophecies. And finally, pushing shuffle play will have dire consequences. I receive hundreds of creepy story submissions every single week. As always, the first story you hear is one that we've chosen to animate and post over at youtube.com snarled. Then I read a few more stories for the podcast. If you have a tale you're dying to share, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. And if you'd like to support the show and receive bonus content, consider joining our Patreon. Our patrons play a huge role in keeping the show running every single week. For more information on how you can help the show and also be a part of it, visit patreon.com snarled. So, want to hear something scary? Haunted VR January is a time to make resolutions. Many of us work on goals like health, travel, and breaking bad habits. In some cases, people work on facing their fears. In this tale inspired by Olivia, embracing technology is tricky for a sheltered young woman. Is she right to distrust the eyes and modern hardware that echoes her deepest fears? The car crash replays in my head all the time. The onboard computer fritzing out. 
the screech of brakes locking, the terror in my parents' voices. Mom and Dad were gone forever, and I was the only survivor. They said it was a freak accident, but my grandparents didn't accept that. They never trusted technology again. They seemed to believe something insidious was lurking behind those screens, plotting, calculating, just waiting to sink its claws into me like it did my parents. My grandparents raised me to be afraid of computers, cell phones, all smart electronics. We only had landlines, old TVs. It was as if I was raised in the 70s. But I was a 21st century kid. I needed a phone to fit in with my friends and text my crush without my grandparents listening in. I begged for one until they finally agreed. But my adjustment to life with a phone wasn't going smoothly. I felt less weird around my friends, but guilt from my upbringing would find ways to seep in. Sometimes, in the middle of the night, I would hear whispers coming from my phone. Did I leave music playing? And when I'd pick it up, sounds exploded out of it. Nails scratching wood, branches snapping, a girl falling off a cliff. Her scream sounded kind of like mine. My mind was playing tricks on me, and my friends thought I was crazy. They said my imagination would be the death of me. But Kate, my best friend, wanted to help me get over my fear. So the week before school started, she surprised me with a trip to a virtual reality pop-up at the mall. You can imagine my hesitation, but Kate was just trying to help. The idea of cutting myself off from the real world was horrifying, but this simulation was for a peaceful walk on a beach, a mountain, a field, or a forest at night. Drifting through the digital darkness of a forest gave me the creeps. So the sunlight and the beach it was. The VR flickered to life, and there I was, transported to a beach. Turning my head, I could see crystal clear water, the sound of seagulls, gentle waves. It wasn't real, I reminded myself, but it's like I could feel the warm sun on my face. This was actually nice. Maybe not all technology was bad. But then everything went black. The beach was gone. What happened? I asked, panicking to no response. And then the sounds of nails on wood, branches snapping and a scream. But where was it coming from? The VR world flickered back to life. I was in the middle of a digital forest full of fog and shadows. A dense wind spiraled around me. Reaching for my headset, I knew I was not supposed to be here. Then. Something moved out of the corner of my eye. A cloaked figure in the trees. Another, then another, until they were all around me, slipping in and out of the darkness as if they were made out of it. Their claws scratching the trees, branches breaking under their feet. This wasn't some virtual reality trick. This was real. And there was only one thing to do, run. I weaved through the trees as the figures desperately clawed after me, then, Something stopped me. In the real world, I had hit a wall. A figure grabbed my shoulder and scratched. The pain was real, but there was no way the scratch was, right? Kate's voice drifted in and out from the mall, which seemed so far away. I could hear the worry in her voice. Why is she bleeding? I heard her say. Scrambling along blindly, I tried to escape, racing towards the clearing and right to the edge of a cliff. I was trapped, nowhere to go. This couldn't actually be real. The figures swarmed me, squeezing the air out of my lungs, and then 
I was pushed off the cliff. The whole world just dropped. What's happening? Kate screamed. My body must have crumbled to the ground in the real world, but in the VR, I was still falling. Kate's voice was getting further and further away. She isn't breathing. Someone do something. I screamed like I have never screamed before, but she didn't hear it. No one could, but I had heard it before. Somehow, it was the same scream that exploded from my phone and woke me up all those nights. It was my voice all along. Whatever got my parents had finally found me. The ground appeared out of nowhere and everything went black. And now I'm here in the forest. One of them, the figures that hunted me. And now we lurk on the other side of the screen in the vast expanse of the digital world, hungry and on the hunt for lost souls to drag through these woods. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Urban legends are warnings that we know should be heeded, but sometimes the draw of them is too seductive to be ignored. Like in this story, inspired by one of the first creepypastas of the internet. There was a lot more to opening up a video game bar than Sergio had previously thought. His retro arcade had had a poor opening and he was almost bankrupt. As an 80s kid, he had loved the arcade experience of his youth and thought it would be an easy win to open an arcade in his northwestern college town. He had comfy TV stations for Sega Genesis, Nintendo 64, and also a lane of button mashers like Pac-Man and Galaga. But even with those popular titles, he was barely making rent. Unfortunately, he'd underestimated the draw of just playing MMORPGs at home or watching others play them on Twitch. I need something nobody else has. A hook, he murmured to himself. Desperate, Sergio took out a loan on his car for one last search to get a game that would get people in the door. Driving to a nearby town, he hit the pawn shop circuit, and there he saw it. On a dusty shelf in the back of an easy pawn, a weird console called the Polyplay, holding a copy of Polybius. It couldn't be, he thought to himself. Polybius was an internet myth, an 80s arcade cabinet game that was said to be, well, a multitude of conspiratorial things. The legend said that if you played the game, you'd become addicted and be compelled to keep playing it. 
The arcade game had eventually been pulled and never seen again. But yet, here it was. As a game cartridge housed in a 90s-looking console that he'd never heard of before. This will save my business, he grinned as he bought it. His part-timer, Connor, a computer programming major, marveled over the console. I heard that it was pulled because it was used as government surveillance, he said. Sergio laughed and said that in the 80s, his parents were told it woke up sleeper assassins. I'm sure it's harmless, though, Sergio scoffed. Go ahead, give the game a spin, then set it up for a station rental. Tell your friends and put it up on our social media. Polybius is real, and the only place to play it is here at Sergio's Arcade. Within weeks, the arcade was packed. News of the game had caught on like wildfire, especially among the tech crowd from Connor's school. While the rest of the games were played often, there were always lines formed just to play Polybius. As one of the top scorers of the game, Connor would play it whenever he was able to, and kept telling Sergio to buy more copies. But, having searched every resource available to him, Sergio just shrugged. As far as he knew, his might be the only copy made. Things began to fall apart as the arcade's popularity grew. Players would refuse to stop playing Polybius when their time was up. Verbal fights and even physical ones would break out. Fixated with the game, Connor had made it into his thesis project, and when Sergio expanded the arcade's hours, he was the first to volunteer for graveyard shifts. Working or not, he, along with other frequent players, could almost always be found at the arcade either playing Polybius or impatiently waiting in line to play it again. Normally mild-mannered and a bit shy, Connor had become abrupt, aggressive, and moody. In fact, Sergio thought to himself, most of these students had really changed. Patrick had once been laid back and easygoing, but now he was a real snot. Things came to a head one night after yet another shouting match broke out between Connor and Patrick. Worried that someone would call the cops this time, Sergio stepped in to mediate. But as the top score banner exploded on Connor's screen, Patrick yanked the power cord from the wall before Connor could hit save. Screaming, Connor savagely attacked both Patrick and Sergio. Surprise! Patrick narrowly missed being headbutted and knocked him down, pinning the writhing Connor to the floor as Sergio stood over him. You're fired and banned, Sergio deadpanned. The crowd cheered, hooting and hollering as Patrick escorted Connor, kicking and screaming to the door. Sergio then kicked everybody out, and closed the arcade for that night. The next morning, he had expected business to suffer, but instead, there was a line down the block. Word got out that there was a game so addictive that a weird kid had gotten banned over it, so more people came out to play it. As Sergio passed by the line, he heard them refer to Connor as a freak and a psycho, and he wondered if he was responsible in some way for what had happened to Connor. As soon as Sergio unlocked the door, the crowd surged forward with Patrick at his head. As Patrick made a beeline toward Polybius, Sergio noticed that the game console was not only plugged back in, but that the console's case had been removed, exposing the hardware. Emblazoned on the screen was Connor's initials, 
in the top score slot. Connor must have come back last night. Why does the console look like that? Sergio said aloud as Patrick snarled at the screen. Patrick reached for the controller. No, wait. But it was too late. Electricity arcs danced along the exposed wires and wrapped around Patrick's hands, fusing them to the controller. Patrick's body jolted and jumped from the electric shocks coursing through him, his mouth frozen in a silent scream as the console exploded. Chaos ensued as people ran screaming as a fire broke out from the sparks, quickly catching onto the furniture nearby. Patrick slumped lifeless to the floor. Later, the police told Sergio that there were too many fingerprints to determine that Connor had been the one to cause Patrick's death. Also, the surveillance tapes were gone. Faced with mounting bills, pending lawsuits, and no Polybius, Sergio closed the arcade. Connor was never seen again. But months later, Polybius was mysteriously released as an online game to the world. The creator went by TechMDSFX, the handle Connor had been known for. This is a very old uh, urban legend, Polybius, and you can actually find out more about it um, anywhere online. Do you believe in the legend of this? Originally, it was supposed to have been an arcade game in Portland, and it was an addiction experiment with the CIA. It was also built to weaken the will of those that played it, which was one of the things that made it so addictive. Another way that it was used was as a type of surveillance. Well, this is what the legend says. What do you think about that? Do you think and believe that video games could be used to monitor us and to do experiments on us? Even with that, I doubt I'd stop playing. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Video binging is a popular pastime, but what would you do if you suddenly saw videos that then came true? In this story inspired by T, we see where that rabbit hole can go. I like to stay up and watch videos on my phone. Being discreet is key, and I try to wait until my parents are asleep before binging YouTube and other video channels. There have been too many times where my mom would come in and shout, Pia, turn your phone off. Staring at that screen will make you blind. 
One late night, I was mindlessly clicking on videos and blearily clicked a video that suddenly changed. It changed to me watching my mother picking up dinner at a local burger joint, then jump cut to her clutching her stomach and vomiting uncontrollably. It played out like a movie in the palm of my hand. I startled awake the next morning, looking down at a video ad playing back at me. I figured it had been just a weird dream until mom called after work that night. I'm in line at the burger place you like. Do you want the usual? No, not from there, I shouted into the phone. Quickly, I made up a lie that a friend had gotten sick eating there. Mom got us tacos from a different place instead. The following day on the local news, they reported a string of food poisoning cases linked to a bad batch of meat delivered to that burger place. One case of poisoning had been near fatal. Wide-eyed, Mom told her sisters that I'd saved us. I thought about telling her about the video, but didn't want to get in trouble for my late-night watching. Plus, how crazy would I sound to her? But me seeing that video really had saved us. Wondering if it had been a fluke, a dream, or some type of gift, I stepped up my viewing habit and paid extra close attention to the videos I'd watch. But there were no other video visions. After weeks of nothing happening, one very late night, the video I was watching changed again. This time, I saw the library where I meet my cousin Amir for tutoring. It was raining outside as the video zoomed in on a hooded figure sitting at the bus bench. Zooming in even closer, it was an upperclassman I'd seen around school. Stay away from my daughter. The student was yanked out of frame by an older man. Jump cut to the man shaking the teenager and yelling in his face. Stay away or so help me. The teenager started yelling back, struggling, throwing fists at the man, and then finally jerked himself away as he was pushed away, catapulting him into the street and into the path of an express bus. The screech of brakes and the blood splatter haunted me all the next morning. That afternoon at tutoring, I told a very skeptical Amir what I had been seeing and what I saw last night. His theory was that I'd probably just been sick of burgers and my tired subconscious had created the dream. I insisted they weren't dreams. What was happening to me was real, and someone was about to get killed today. At that point, I looked over at the wall-to-floor windows of the library. It had begun to rain. Look! Amir scoffed and pointed over to the outside bench to a figure sitting there. And I suppose that's your dream boy on the bench, right? Pia, you're losing it. Shutting my books, I grabbed Amir and we ran outside just in time to see an angry older man striding purposefully toward the younger man on the bench. Amir, he's going to grab him and yell, stay away from my daughter. Amir stared at me in shock as the older man yanked the student off the bench and shouted, Stay away from my daughter. Now he'll say, stay away or so help me. Amir's jaw dropped as the man said the phrase. 
We have to stop them. Running toward them both, Amir grabbed the older man before he could push the other, and I got the attention of the younger man. He stared at me, shaken. I looked back at him, and I watched as the express bus sped by us, continuing on its way uninterrupted. Pia, this is a gift, Amir said as he dropped me off at home. As for it being a gift, it didn't feel like much of one, because for starters, I couldn't control it. He suggested I start trying to keep track of the times it happened, but after a few weeks and hours upon hours of videos, there were still no new visions. Just a few close calls of my mom almost catching me on my phone. After a while, I came to the conclusion that it might have all happened for one reason. One vision to prove that whatever force that had been was real, and another one to help me save that boy's life. I'm okay with that, I thought. Then, one night, the local news had another report. There had been a double murder. A family photo of the victims was revealed. It was the older man from outside of the library and his daughter. The lead suspect was still at large. It was the teenager from my school. Why would I have been shown those visions only to save a murderer? Amir didn't know what to tell me. I felt sick. I barely ate and couldn't sleep. I dedicated each night watching video after video, hoping for a new sign, some way to catch the killer I had saved. After my grades slipped, my mom finally caught me in the act. I tried to explain about the videos and about my gift, but she didn't believe me. Why would she? She took my phone away. I have to stop him, I shouted. He's still out there, and it was all my fault. Thank you for sharing this story with us, T. What an ability to have. And then, was it a gift or was it a curse? And if it was a gift, what gifted it to her, if only to save that person, that killer? It makes me wonder what I would do if I saw visions of the future in videos. Maybe you're thinking the same thing yourself. Would you do your best to stop what you see is happening in them? Or would you stop yourself just in case you would be in the same situation as Pia found herself in? Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news... Leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's peanut butter cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. 
Find Reese's now at a store near you. Tarot readings and dream interpretations are very popular, but in this story inspired by Sasha, we discover a new way to be guided through the dark. It was just after the new year and I was already having trouble keeping all my resolutions. At least, I always had my music guides, I sighed to myself, scooping my dirty clothes off the bathroom floor into the laundry hamper. When things get hard and I need answers from the universe, I always turn to music to steer me. If I needed an answer, I'd push shuffle and follow the advice and meaning behind the song that played. For instance, a favorite show tune led me to Santa Fe, New Mexico after graduating from art school. And here I found work in an art installation and met my boyfriend, Anthony. It also works when I need comfort. Like after my grandmother's funeral, I saved her funeral playlist to my phone. So whenever I missed her, I'd hit shuffle and sure enough, one of her songs from her memorial would play. It was like Nana was sending me messages from beyond. Moonlight Sonata by Beethoven was the first song she sent to me after her burial. As for those resolutions, I shook my head at myself again. I'd given Anthony a key to my place over Christmas and would prefer not to be a total slob whenever he came over. Especially since, tonight over dinner, Anthony had invited me to a trip with his parents. Nervously, I wondered if I was ready to meet them. Well, there's one way to find out, I thought, glancing over at my phone. I selected my favorite herbal tea and filled a tea kettle with water. Grabbing my phone, I linked up with my Bluetooth speakers, focusing on bringing up my music app while twisting the dial to light the range of my apartment's gas stove. Click. 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 Nothing. I started searching around for my candle lighter and ended up dropping my phone. Suddenly, the speakers boomed with the quick string notes of Sansen's dance macabre. Startled, I jumped back, knocking my kettle off the stove. Great. Using a bunch of paper towels, I sopped up the water, refilled the kettle, and clicked stop on my app. It's a little too early for creepy Halloween music, I murmured, placing the kettle back on another burner. I twisted the dial to light it. It had been weeks since I'd put in my request to have my stove fixed and repairs had yet to be made. A series of pings sounded off. Anthony was checking in. Grabbing my phone and sitting over on my couch, I texted back admitting to him that I was unsure of what to do and I might need to sleep on it. No rush, he replied. If I didn't leave with him in the morning, I could always join them later or another time. Why was I overthinking this? Leaning my head back, I closed my eyes to focus on my feelings and hit shuffle on my playlist. My speakers blasted Night on Bear Mountain. I didn't recognize the building crescendo of furious violin strings and horns. When had I added that song? Shuddering, I felt paralyzed all of a sudden. Haggardly, I breathed in, just wanting the sounds to end, abruptly stopping the song app. I searched my playlist to delete that song, but it wasn't on there. Somehow my app was glitching with a mind of its own. I closed it and shook my head. You know, maybe it was time to stop relying so heavily on my 
signs. Anthony was great, and I'm sure his parents are too. I texted him back, yes, I'll join you. See you in the morning. With that, my eyes felt heavy with sleep and I passed out. I woke up to an earthy, oily smell and coughed into my hand as I made my way to my room to pack. I attempted to open my window, but it wouldn't budge. My phone went off and looking at it, I saw that I'd missed a series of texts from Anthony letting me know he was on the way. Tapping the screen to reply, my music app popped up instead and suddenly, Moonlight Sonata started playing loudly over my speakers. Confused, I repeatedly hit stop, but the screen was frozen. There was no stopping the music. I tried to power the phone off, but it wasn't responding. There was a knock at my door as I made my way into the hall to unplug the speakers. I shouted to Anthony to let himself in. Hearing the door open, I heard him begin to gag. Babe, where are you? Walking back toward his voice, that same smell was in the air following me. Anthony, are you okay? Coming into the living room, I watched as he dropped his coffee, standing stunned over the couch. Babe? I asked over the piano of the sonata's movement. He didn't respond, just stood there shaking as I edged closer to get a look at what he was staring at. It was me. I was lying on the couch, not breathing, still as death. How? The stove! I looked into the kitchen, and next to the tea kettle sitting on that faulty gas dial stood my dead grandmother, smiling sadly, holding her hand out to me as Moonlight Sonata ended. This week's podcast stories were edited by Kyle Arrington, Marquia McCarty, and Sabina Graves. Audio edited by Johnny Ashley and Fitz Harris. Produced by Annalise Nelson. Music by Sapphire Sandalo. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. Don't forget to watch the video version of Something Scary over at youtube.com snarled. And if you'd like to support the show and receive bonus content, Join our Patreon at patreon.com slash snarled. Until next time, my dark darlings, sweet dreams. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. 
Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.